Psalm 4, 1 through 8. Psalm 4, 1 through 8. It says this. Psalm 4, beginning in verse 1, says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. For the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. <laughs> Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. Verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Let's pray again. Lord, again, we thank you for your uh, goodness. And Lord, thank you for the day that we were presented the evidence through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and we were convinced, won over. We thank you for that, God, for salvation. Lord, help us to continue, Lord, to present the evidence to others that they might be fully persuaded in their heart and come to know thee. Lord, thank you for these uh, good songs to uh, just encourage us and prepare our hearts. And uh, Lord, just to help get our things off the earth, dear Lord, let those things grow strangely dim. And Lord, so that we can realign and refocus and be prepared, Lord, for a new week and new opportunities to serve you. Lord, again, we think about the needs. We think of uh, Sister Judy, or we think of uh, uh, Trace, or we think of Sister uh, Karen's needs. We think of this co-worker of uh, Brother Joseph. We think of uh, Sister uh, Muxlow, or we think of Sister uh, Lisa Sargent. Lord, uh, please uh, touch her uh, right now. Uh, Lord, we think of uh, Donald and Mike and uh, Donna, <laughs> Sister Pam, and Lord, just uh, so many needs among us. Uh, but Lord, it's not too much for you, dear God. You can hear them all at the same time, and you can work on all of them at the same time, for thou art God. Now again, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture, Lord, that we'd be helped and you'd be glorified thereby. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. So as we uh, uh, look at this uh, psalm here, uh, you'll notice uh, uh, there's always a little subscri- uh, sub. Uh, subscription above the psalm, but uh, that this one has to do with inheritance, inheritance. Of course, this psalm was written when uh, David was run off by Absalom, and so David had been driven out of his inheritance for that time, right, by his own son, Absalom. But the reason David could write a psalm and be encouraged is because he knew that inheritance that he'd been driven from was temporary, and that he had an inheritance that was eternal. David knew that his true inheritance, of course, was spiritual, not material. And so his true inheritance was in the Lord, not in Jerusalem. And so nobody could drive him out from that or take it away from him. So this psalm, though it has a perennial message of David, and David deals with uh, uh, five different uh, issues here, this psalm, uh, if we look at it, it speaks to our needs, whether we're a penitent sinner Right, trying to cut to, the need to know the Lord, or where uh, whether a uh, saint, and so tonight we want to look at it from the perspective of the benefits of a saint and what we see here in this psalm. 
Just as a side note real quickly, notice again, verse 1, he says, Hear me when I call, O God. Notice that statement, O God. He cries out to God. And then verse 2, he says, O ye sons of men. So he cries out to God, then he uh, makes a statement to the sons of men. And so there again, we see that thought. He seeks God before he speaks towards men, which is a good principle. Remember this, if you ever have uh, something you need to talk to somebody about, right, talk with the Lord first. Unfortunately, often we talk too much and pray too little, right? <laughs> need to reverse that sometimes. And uh, usually if we, if, we, if we pray to God about things, right, we'll be able to say what we want to say to others or have the right spirit when we do it. But let us notice something here in verse 1. This thought right here says, Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. And I this statement, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. And uh, that thought right there to me is an, is an exciting uh, a thought. It says, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Notice first, the person enlarged. It says, Thou hast enlarged me. Uh, David wrote this psalm, and he's going through, of course, a distressful time, a, a difficult time. He'd been uh, kicked out by his own son. And it was bad enough when somebody else was chasing him down, right? Uh, but now his own uh, son has turned on him. But yet he makes a statement, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. A good thing to remember, of course, is we know that God meets you where you are. God receives you where you are. But the great thing is God's desire is not to leave you where you are <laughs> and leave you how you are, right? He, he meets you where you are. He receives you as you are. But he don't want to leave you there, and he doesn't want you to stay in that same condition. You know, as I've said before, a lot of people say, well, God loves you just the way you are. That's not true, is it? God does not love you just the way you are. Reminder, probably nobody loves you just the way you are. God loves you even though you're the way you are, right? Even though you're that way, he still loves you, but he wants to save you and change you. And so here we see, uh, it says, uh, he says, the psalmist said, he enlarged me. And that word means this, to have a greater capacity, to have a greater capacity. And that's what God wants us to have when we get saved, right? God wants to work in our life. He wants to enlarge us, if you will, and help us to have a greater capacity. God wants to increase your ability to receive more from him. That's what he wants to do, right? He wants to increase your ability to receive more from him. He wants, uh, he wants to give you the big, because he knows what's going to happen in your life, right? He knows what's going to unfold in your life. So he wants to enlarge you, if you will, so that, hey, as life unfolds, you'll be able to deal with it more, right? Because right? Yeah, there's more down the road, unfortunately. There's more down the road. And uh, uh, he wants you to be able to deal with more. And then, of course, he wants to give you that ability to trust him more as you go through that. And then as we, we learn and grow in him, he wants us to, to give the ability uh, to understand more. And then, of course, uh, uh, we, as, as we deal with life, we need what? We need more patience. We need more grace. We need more wisdom. And now uh, he also wants us to be, able to be able to care more, care more about him and the things of the Lord. And so, it says here, the Lord enlarged me. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to enlarge our capacity so he can do more in us and through us. But of course, that requires a process, right? 
He, does, he doesn't just come up and say, boom, be thou enlarged, right? <laughs> there, unfortunately, there's a process, right? Well, Lord, why does there have to be a process? Well, because that's the way he chooses to do it. So that's why it says, and what was that process? When I was in distress. There's a process. He says, when I was in distress, of course, we know what that means, misery, a painful experience. But we know this, that difficult times, seems like we talk about those a lot. Why? Because we go through those a lot. Difficult times, but remember this, dealt with in the spirit of Christ, and that's how we need to deal with them, do not destroy people, but build people. And that's what God wants to do, right? As we learned in VBS, he's still working on me. God uses distress to enlarge us and to increase our capacity, if you will, as believers. And so he says here, when I was, when I was feeling weaker, when I was down, he was working on me and he enlarged my capacity. Why? So he could pour more into me and do more through me. Right, And one thing he wants to teach us, because you know he's a, he's a God of grace and compassion. You know, Jude talks about having, make, having compassion, right? Making a difference. God wants to teach us, amen, how to have that uh, a large heart of compassion and love for others. So like Paul, in a dark hour, if you will, in a dark hour, we get the power, amen? That's sort of how it works. In the dark hour is when you get the power. Uh, turn over to 2 Corinthians 12 and look at these familiar verses concerning uh, Paul. You could probably quote them, but let's look at them for a moment. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, again say this. We know Paul went through a lot of things. And it's, of course, when he sought the Lord, but then the Lord said this, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, why, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, verse 10, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So notice those words, in weakness, and then most gladly, then. He said, I'm made perfect when? In weakness, in distress, because that's what I know, hey, that God is working on me. Therefore, most uh, gladly. How many of you ever thought about that when you were, when you were going through something? Boy, most, most uh, uh, gladly. Uh, we probably weren't, that probably wasn't the, the, the frame of mind we were in during that time, but uh, God can give us that frame of mind no matter what uh, we're going through. It doesn't mean you're going to be doing uh, 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 backflips and, and all that stuff during that time, but in your heart, right, uh, you have a, a peace in trusting him. For when I am weak, what? Then am I strong? Why? Because then he's working on me. Then he's enlarging me. Then, amen, he's adding to me uh, what needs to be in me so I can uh, uh, be able to uh, uh, serve him and deal with the things that uh, he'd have me to do. So Paul said, in weakness. And so uh, Paul would say this, and God wants us to be able to say this. If that difficulty, right, if that distress had not happened in my life, then I would not be the believer that I am today. I would not be the believer I am today. We say, oh man, Paul was a, a great man of God. He was this and that. Well, why was he that? Well, because God did all those things 
and enlarged him, if you will, as he went through those things in life and gave him the capacity, right? I guarantee you, when he first got saved, he wouldn't have been able to make a statement like he just made here in verses 9 and 10. But as he went through things and God enlarged him and God enlarged his, his, his heart and his ability uh, uh, to deal with things, that he brought him to that point where he was able to say, hey, if this is what it takes to have the power of God upon my life, as this is what it takes uh, to have this type of spirit being used of God, then I will gladly, therefore, glory in my infirmities and so that God can make me the believer that he'd have me to be. And, you know, uh, again, you, you've heard me talk about uh, Pastor Katronov there in Bulgaria. I, I saw that in his life. You know, I saw that great man of God. You heard me mention, like, you know, here he was in this this little village, uh, the village of Peter Dope, Peter Dope there in uh, Bulgaria, a little a village along the uh, the tracks. That's a uh, that's how, how I met him. You know, when I when I uh, first got to Bulgaria, I would I lived in Varna on the Black Sea, and I would load up on the train in Varna on the Black Sea. With a, as a young, all by myself with a missionary, with back with a backpack and suitcases full of the Gospel of John, and I would ride the train all the way across the country, all the way from the Black Sea all the way up to Serbia, and I would walk up and down the train giving out the Gospel of John to people as they got on the train all the way across the country because I knew they were getting out all over the country, and I ended up literally with a circuit across the country. Right, where I'd, get, I'd, I'd take the train, I'd get off here, I'd preach, and I'd get back on the train, go to another town. And one of those uh, towns was Pyrdok, where I met uh, Pastor uh, Katronov, who was uh, in jail and tortured uh, for, for, for many years. But yet you just tell, he's this great man of God. But he would, he would, he would say, listen, uh, listen, I, you know, uh, I'd say, man, I, I wish I had the faith he had. I wish I had the power he had. Well, would I be, do I want to go to jail like he did? Then I want to be tortured for my faith like he did. You know, there was a process to that enlargement. There was a process that made him the man of God uh, that he was at that time. So, you know, uh, if, so those difficulties, right? We want, we want that status, but do we want to go through those things? Now, I'm talking about things that the Lord brought into our life. Now, of course, some things, difficult things happen into our life, but you know what? The Lord didn't necessarily uh, bring them. They were the result of sin. Maybe not our sin, but maybe somebody else's uh, sin, and it caused problem in our life because of their sin. And it was something sort of out of our control. But as a believer, trusting God, God gave you the capacity to deal uh, with that thing that came into your life, perhaps of somebody else. So either God brings something into your life uh, and enlarges your capacity there, or uh, maybe uh, uh, something else came into your life as a result of somebody else's sin you couldn't control. But as you trust God, he enlarges your capacity and helps you deal with that particular thing. So again, we want to be enlarged, and we say we want a greater capacity but often we don't want to go through the process. But the Bible teaches, hey, uh, to get those results, there certainly has to be a process uh, in our life. And of course, you know, one of the first steps of enlarging a ministry, you know, we pray, oh God, you know, sometimes uh, uh, the preacher or the missionary will pray, right? Uh, God, uh, enlarge my ministry. Maybe we praise the local church. Hey, yeah, do you want to see uh, the ministry enlarge? Yes, of course I want to see the ministry in large. But when we think about that, we think about the numbers, we think about uh, filling the pews. 
But one thing we need to understand, and we see even in uh, uh, the, the Bible will teach us, right? Sometimes the first step in God enlarging a ministry is allowing God to enlarge the hearts of those in the ministry, right? God, enlarge the ministry. He says, well, I'd be glad to enlarge the ministry, but will you let me enlarge you first? Will you let me enlarge your, uh, 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 the, your capacity, amen, uh, for me to, to, to put things in your life and work things in you and work things uh, through you? And so if we're going to enlarge the ministry, let me begin by enlarging you. 2 Corinthians 1 Verses 3 and 4, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Again, you know these verses say this. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, what? Who comforted us. Who comforted us when? In all our tribulations. In all our tribulations, why? Why does he comfort us in all our tribulation? Why is he working on us during those tribulations? Why is he enlarging us during those tribulations? Here it is. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. See, I'm going to bring some people through that door, right? And I want you to be able to minister to them. So before to prepare you to do that, I got to do some work on you first so that when they come through there and they have things going on in their life, well, you've had those things happen in your life. You've been through that distress. You've been enlarged through that. And now you're able to comfort them, which are in any trouble or in any distress. Why? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves were comforted of God. See, there's the key that we may be able to. How? How are we able to? But not, after, not until after our heart has been enlarged. Not until after we've gone through that and see how the Lord dealt with us and worked in our life. So uh, he was enlarged, and uh, there was that process, but thank God there's a prophet uh, to being enlarged. And that's what uh, we can see that in some of these verses down through here. Go back to verse 3. He says this, he enlarged them, and then he calls out, verse 3, some good things here. But no, but no, I, again, there's that word. Boy, mark that. Uh, you know, we, sometimes we think the only thing we can know is about salvation, but there's so many things we can know through the Word of God. One thing we can know is this. Know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. Well, just meditate on that for a minute. The Lord has set, think about that. The Lord has set you apart. Why? He set you apart for himself. You know what he did? He, he came up there and he said, hey, you're mine. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The Lord said, you are mine. He said, you. and uh, think about it this way. You are his special project. And that's the amazing thing. He can work on all of us at the same time. I like that song. He treats me like I'm his only child. You know, sometimes, you know, I can say, hey, I'm his special project. Well, we can all say that, right? But we can, that's, that's true. Each of us, if you will, he set us apart unto himself. He treats us like we're his only child. Right, and you are his special project, and he works on you like that. Just like everything that he did, 
He would have done if you were the only one that needed it. If you were the only one that needed to be saved, we believe that. We believe the Bible teaches that. Well, that's in everything. He would have done that just like if you were the only one that needed to be saved. And he works on you as if you're the only one that needs to be worked on. And he pays attention to you like you're the only one that needs to be paid attention to you. And he waits for your prayer like you're the only one uh, that's prayed. I know that's hard for us to comprehend, but, you know, uh, that's true. He does truly treat us like we're his only child. Child. And so it goes on there, verse 4, stand in awe and sin not. You see, when you are being tested, right, when you're going through that distress, remember, he's working on you. You're his special project. And don't, don't, uh, don't uh, uh, quit or give in or fall into sin. Just look to Jesus. Amen. The best thing you can do is not get caught up in your distress. Don't get caught up in your situation. Get caught up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And just looking unto Jesus. Amen. Stand in awe of him and don't sin. And he goes on to say this. Communes. Just take, just, uh, uh, take time and commune with your own heart upon your bed. Be still. That word commune, what's he doing? He's saying, basically, he's really like saying this, hey, uh, just get alone, go in your room, lay there, and talk to yourself. <laughs> right? That's what he's saying. Commune with your own heart. Now, we say it's okay to talk to yourself, but when you start answering back, right? So go in there and sort of talk to your, yourself, if you will, but don't answer back. You know who you need to let answer back? I put it down this way. Commune with. God puts things in your heart. Amen. As you serve him, as you read his word, as you walk with him, he puts things in your heart. And so as you're alone with him and you're communing with your own heart upon your bed, that's a time to draw from that which he has put in your heart. Amen. You can sort of talk to yourself, but let the things God put in your heart uh, uh, speak back to you. Talk to yourself, if you will, but let what God has put in your heart answer. That's why he says, take time to be still. If you really want a a, a literal thought of that word, it just means sort of shut up and listen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Get in there, uh, uh, share what's in your heart, and let God speak back to you as you're alone with him and meditating upon him. Verse five, offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. You see, as you draw from what he has put in your heart and you meditate upon him and you stand in awe of him and get caught up in who he is, you know what will swell up in your heart? A desire to praise him, a desire to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is what the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That is what the rejoice. Hey, we know we don't need to bring another lamb, right? We know we don't need to bring another lamb. He's, hey, Jesus was the lamb. But yet, that doesn't mean the time of sacrifices are over, right? We don't have to drag anything to the temple, but the thing we, now we just have to drag ourselves before the throne, amen, and give him the praise that he's worthy of, amen. First uh, Peter 2, 5 says this, and ye also as lively stones are bid up a spiritual house and holy priesthood, what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. In other words, amen, uh, uh, you're in there, you're going through that, 
but you've got, instead of being caught up in your situation like David could have been with his son, amen, instead he chose to get caught up in the Lord and to uh, take that time to praise him. Lord, uh, despite what's going on around, I'm focused what's going on within, and despite all this, Lord, I want to thank you for what you're doing in my life. Verse 6, why? Because all around you there are people that say this, who will show us any good? Who will show us any good? Boy, that's, a, that, that's what the, uh, the world is saying out there. Who is showing us any good? Well, just like Paul said, when we, the verses we looked at this morning, what did Paul say? Hey, hey, mark me as an example. Mark those other godly men as examples. And when you see a question like this, this is a good place. I've mentioned before, hey, write your name in your Bible. This would be a good place to write your name in your Bible where it says, who will show us any good? Write down there, write your name and say, I will. Again, that's not a boastful thing. That's not an arrogant thing. Say, I will. I will show the world good. I will show the world that believing on Jesus Christ makes a difference. Living for the Lord Jesus Christ makes a difference. That when you're going through a distress, amen, you, listen, uh, you can still have a right spirit. Amen. You can still respond in the right way. And God will work on you and enlarge you and put those things in your life. So who will show us any good? You got to write down there, I will. But how's that going to happen? Lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Amen. When his presence is being manifested in your life. Because, hey, we know there's no good thing in you. No good thing dwelleth in the flesh. Amen. But there's a good thing that dwells in that new man, right? The Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You will desire to be used of him. Lord, lift up. Lord, that should be your prayer. Let them see you through me. Lord, despite this time of difficulty, despite this time of distress, as you're working on me and in me and through me, Lord, let your presence, let your countenance be seen in me. And that's how you're going to comfort people, right? Amen. As he comes and he does that to you, he does it in you when you're going through it, and then he does it through you so you can minister uh, to others. And look at the result of that. Verse 7, thou hast put gladness in my heart. Lord, you enlarged it, and now you filled it full of gladness. As a matter of fact, you've put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. Lord, amen, what, what, what you've put in me is more than what you've given to them. It says more than. Look what, in verse 8, it says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Look at the words we see in these verses. We see gladness. Amen. We see increase. We see peace. We see sleep. We see safety. You see more than. In other words, I receive more because I can handle more. You see, their corn and wine increased, but better than that, my heart increased. What You see, what are goods compared to God? Would you rather have more goods? Well, I'd rather have more God. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's better than a barn full? A heart full. Remember the guy in, in the New Testament? He got excited because his barn was full. Hey, listen, and what happened? He died that night. That, didn't, that barn full didn't do him any good. Hey, sure, maybe say, oh, man, I wish I had a barn full. Well, hey, better than a barn full is a heart full, amen, of the presence of God, of the countenance of God, of the good things of God. Verse 8 says, you see, despite all that has gone on without, 
Despite all that distress, God was working on me. I still have peace within. You see, there's, like the song says, there's peace like a river in my soul. It just keeps flowing. You see, as I lay down my head, right, I can have peace and sleep. Sort of look at it this way. As, as, as the S-U-N goes down on the outside, the S-O-N, amen, rises up on the inside. And so I can have peace. And so I can sleep and get rest in my soul. Psalm 27, 2 says this, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Listen, if you're troubled about something at night that's keeping you awake, I'm not talking about, you know, sometimes we, there might be a burden that the Lord might have to keep us up so we can pray about it. But if the troubles of life, listen, uh, 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 that's not God keeping you awake. Amen. The Lord giveth his beloved sleep. You need to turn those things over to him. So David's going through this distress, but through it all, he knows and he allows God to work on him and enlarge him. If you will. David had been enlarged. And so despite all the trials he was dealing with, he rejoiced. Because he had salvation, right? He had sanctification. The Lord had set him apart unto himself so he could rejoice in his salvation. He could rejoice in his sanctification, which is what? Just to be set apart for the Lord's use. He could rejoice in uh, uh, the sacrifice of praise that he gave to God and uh, the song that God gave him, and he was uh, secure. Think about that. There's your role, salvation, sanctification, sacrifice, song, and secure. He could rejoice in all that because it ends to dwell in safety. So the psalmist said, thou hast enlarged me. Now think about your Christian life and think about what you've been through, no doubt. You could say, amen, you can look up period of your life and say, he enlarged me. Let me ask you this question as we finish up. How many of you are amazed, I mean, this, being honest, you're amazed at what you have been able to handle in your life as a believer? Huh? The things that have happened in your life, and yet you can, you can sit here tonight Despite that, and somehow you have a you have a peace, you have a you, you you still have a love for God, Amen. You still have a desire for His countenance to be upon you. You still have a desire for Him to get glory in your life. You still rejoice that He has set you aside unto Himself, Amen. You still uh, 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 have have a desire, Amen, to offer those sacrifices of uh, praise. You still stand in awe of who he is, amen? You still want to walk through life and let him, his countenance be seen on you and uh, in you. You can still lay your head down at night in peace and, and in security. You can still uh, go through life with some gladness despite great hardship, despite great heartache. That's God. <laughs> Only God can do that and God did do that because when you were going through that, amen, you trusted in him and you rested in him and you enlarged him. He enlarged you and allowed, amen, you allowed him to pour that more grace and, and more guys and all that you need during that time, amen. You just allowed him to work on you and what a wonderful thing that is. And so, hey, David doesn't have nothing on you, amen. You can, you can leave her and say, yes, 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 I remember that. 
Oh, it wasn't Evie, but he enlarged me. And it was during that time, amen, that he put some things in me that wouldn't be there if I wouldn't have trusted him and turned to him during that time. So, Lord, conclusion, we say this, Lord, glorify thyself in me and through me. Lord, whatever it takes to enlarge me. Who knows that song? Lord, whatever it takes for my will to break. Lord, that's what I'm willing to do. How many people know that song? I'm just asking this question. Who has ever seen a choir sing that song? You've seen a choir sing that song? Oh, you've heard a choir sing that. You know, I've thought about that. I've heard that song many times, but I've never seen a choir sing that song. And to me, really, it's not a choir song. It's an individual song, really. You know, and, and one of the one of the most amazing uh, uh, people I've ever seen. So there, there was a missionary friend of mine. I I can't remember his name. Probably I'm sure if I called his name, some of you have heard him because he was quite popular around this area. But his his daughter was handicapped, right? And uh, she's she's passed on. And she every time I knew her, she was in a wheel, wheelchair. But I'd see her. Uh, 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 missions conferences, and she, she sort of became my little, I always just made friends with those people. And I'd go in, and I'd sit and talk to her, and you know, and she, right? But uh, seeing her, she would sing that song a lot at mission conferences. And I'm thinking, here's this young lady, right? I mean, sitting in a wheelchair, crippled, and she's singing, Lord, whatever it takes. Whatever, I mean, and I, and I, I mean, her, her mind was there, so she, she knew what she was singing. Right, and I don't think her daddy was making her sing, but I think despite her condition, she had a heart for God. And I thought, wow, if a if a if a young lady can sing a song, sit in a wheelchair. I remember uh, uh, one time where I sort of became unglued, if you will, at a service. I was at this uh, 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 service, and it's sort of like a Samuel here, and uh, I guess it got on a little bit, as they say, right? And there, but but. Uh, when I was sitting in the service, uh, I, I noticed there was a family over here that had a handicapped child, and I heard some noise from him, but I thought, you know, he was just sort of moaning and whatever. He's a quadriplegic, right? And his hands had to be strapped and that, and I just sort of heard him moaning. But when the service got on, somebody grabbed the wheelchair and started walking around, you know, how they do sometimes, uh, through the church w- with him. And so they came around like this way, and so they were coming up behind me. And I could hear him sort of moaning, but boy, when, I, when he got close enough that I could hear what he was saying, I about lost it. Here's this guy, he was going, he was going, and I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of him, but he, he was just going through, and he was going, he was going, Amen. You know, like we hear Samuel sometimes, praise the Lord. And I thought, man, Jeff, you sorry, bum. Man. Here's a guy like that. He's praising the Lord. Man, I was about ready to tear that church down right there. He, he, uh, in his situation, he can, he, can, he can praise the Lord. Amen? And so, hey, listen, whatever we're going through, amen, we can turn over the Lord and we can finish up that thing saying, uh, he, he, he enlarged me, amen, and uh, he drew me unto himself, and, and he, he, he worked on me, and man, I just want to continue to let his countenance shine upon me. I, despite whatever happens, I just want to continue uh, to be his witness, and I just want to continue to cast all that stuff upon him, because at night, amen, when the S-U-N goes down, the S-O-N is still shining bright uh, in my soul, and I can lay there with gladness, I can lay there with peace, and I can lay there and sleep, because I know that my safety is of the Lord. 
Lord, whatever it takes, enlarge me. Give me a greater capacity for the things you desire to pour in my life. Lord, I want to, I want to, I want to love you more. I want to love others more. Boy, just, just the capacity to love others. Think about that. But what, you know, uh, uh, Man, I, I think about, you know, but before I, before I got saved, sure, I tried to be nice to people, but man, there's no way, there's no way in self that I can learn uh, to love people uh, the way uh, the Lord has taught to go, to go to other lands and just walk into some place and just, just love and, 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 and care about people and want to do whatever it took uh, to minister to people. That's not a natural thing. That comes from God working in our heart and enlarging our heart. Lord, I want to love others. Lord, I want your countenance to be noticeable in my life. Lord, shine through me. That should be our prayer. Boy, verse six, who will show us any good? Boy, we need to say, who's going to show them any good? I will. Amen. I will show them. Amen. That they're still good in this world. Oh, not in me, but Jesus in me. Let's pray.